الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين امنوا اشد حبا لله وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ثلاث من كن فيه وجد بهن حلاوه الايمان من كان الله ورسوله احب اليه مما سواهما ومن احب عبدا لا يحبه الا لله ومن يكره ان يعود في الكفر بعد ان انقذه الله منه كما يكره ان يلقى في النار او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected ulama al-kiram brothers and elders often at the beginning of some discussion we repeat this aspect of checking our intention rectifying our intention refreshing our intention why have we gathered what is our object what is our purpose and to the extent of the intention we will make that is what allah taala will bless us with so our purpose and object of gathering is how each one of us myself first and foremost how we can get closer to allah taala by becoming more obedient to him and removing from our lives all those things that become an obstacle between us and allah taala all those things that become an obstacle in reaching his nearness his love his muhabbat all those things that take us away from him all those things that become an obstacle between us and jannat so this is the actual purpose and the object and therefore to the extent that we will have this intention la taala will inshallah grant it to us in this hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that was recited allah's beloved rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that thalathun man kunna fihi wajada bihinna halawatal iman the three things are such that a person who has these three things in his life then with these three things he will acquire the sweetness of iman so the sweetness of iman the word sweetness already makes a person start feeling positive something sweet person says that he has some sweet meat he's got something sweet to eat so before eating it also before even seeing what it is already there's some effect on the tongue and some feeling that changes in a person because he's heard about something sweet when he hears about somebody's pain or hears about pain itself it already starts making him feel uneasy he hears about something positive it starts makes him positive so this word sweetness of iman is indicating that there is some halawat there is some sweetness in iman like a person acquires sweetness out of something sweet that is eaten there is a physical experience in that there's something that he tastes out of it iman has a taste as well iman has a halawa nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is saying to us it has a sweetness but supposing somebody is extremely congested he's got a terrible flu his sinuses are all clogged and 
He's running a fever. Now you give him something sweet to eat. He says, please give me something else. You give him something bitter to eat. He says, give more of this. So something bitter, which already you hear the word bitter, it starts making you feel bitter. You hear the word bitter and starts making you feel uncomfortable and this person is saying, give me more. And what is sweet starts making a person, only hearing the name of it starts making him feel something for it. He's saying, I don't want this. This is no good. So what has happened? What has happened is that he is ill. He is unwell. His sinuses are clogged. His taste buds are affected by the flu that he is suffering from. So likewise, if the sinuses of Iman are clogged with sin, if the taste buds of Iman and Islam have been affected by the evil that a person is involved in, the haram glances that he's casting around that has now affected his say, taste buds. The evil that he is listening to that has now clogged the sinuses. What he is thinking and fascinating and all these things that are going on, this has changed the whole nature and temperament of the person. So the problem is not with what is being presented to him. The problem is within him. The sweet meat is still sweet. That's as sweet as ever. The problem is within him. <clears throat> what is required is he needs treatment. He needs to unblock the sinuses. He needs to bring the taste back to normal. He needs to get rid of the fever. So the same with our spiritual selves. To the extent that we will treat ourselves spiritually. To get rid of all these sins all these evils, all the effect of the haram, the haram of the eyes, the sins of the eyes, the sins of the ears, the sins of the tongue, the ghibat, the back, backbiting, the slander, the vulgar talk, and all the other things that carry on. That is what is required now, to cleanse the heart of all the evil thoughts that lurk in there. When this will be made an effort on, this will be treated now a person will start getting the halawat of iman. Now he will start tasting iman. One explanation of this is that istilzazut ta'at. He will start getting some pleasure in ibadat. He will perform salah and that salah will be a different experience. It won't be something how to just get over with this. He won't be performing salah just to, as you say, mark the register. He will be that person, وَقَلْبُهُ مُعَلَّقٌ بِالْمَسْجِدِ Nabi Sallallahu in one hadith, says seven people, seven categories, types of people, on the day of Qiyamah will be given the special favor and privilege of being in the shade of the arsh of Allah Ta'ala. One of these seven categories of people, وَرَجُلٌ قَلْبُهُ مُعَلَّقٌ بِالْمَسْجِدِ that person whose heart is attached to the masjid. His body is wherever it is. He will have to go for his work. He will have to go home. He will have to do whatever his errands are. So he will have to leave the masjid. He can't be 24-7 in masjid. But his heart is in the masjid. When he's outside too, he's looking at the time. What's the time now? Just now he's going to be close to salah time. I need to be ready. Before he's going to sleep, 
He's not setting his alarm for breakfast. Because that is not something that a mu'min does. A mu'min sets his alarm, if not for tahajjud, then for fajr at least. That how can I be well in advance in the masjid? And he's in the midst of his business, but his heart is in the masjid. One person was in the bazaar of Makkah Sharif, and as he was passing somebody, that person was engrossed in his buying and selling. Or he was selling, whatever. So he was so engrossed, this person as he passed by, it appeared to him that this person is so deeply engrossed, there perhaps is nobody far away from the, further away from the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala than this person. He's so deeply engrossed in this dunya of his. But then Allah Ta'ala opened out the condition of this person's heart to him. And when the condition of his heart, Allah Ta'ala's control all these things are. Allah Ta'ala wishes it makes it apparent to somebody. When he wishes, no individual's control over these things. So this is Mukashafa. Allah Ta'ala opened it out to him and he found this person's heart is fully engrossed in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. His hands, his tongue was talking business, his hands were involved in business. And he was apparently engrossed in business, but his heart was totally in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Hazrat Khaja Azizul Hassan Majzub Rahmatullah one of the very senior khulafa of Hazrat Tamir Rahmatullah was a person of a very high caliber. And after Hazrat Tamir Rahmatullah passed away, many senior ulama of the time, the Mufti, Grand Mufti of Pakistan, Hazrat Mufti Shafisa Rahmatullah and many others became his murids. So one day he was sitting and these giants of the time are sitting with him and then he started saying some light-hearted things, joking. And then he said such light-hearted things, obviously all well within the limits of Shariat. Nothing transgressing the law and the boundaries of deen. Mufti Shafi Sahib Rahmatullah explains, he says that he started making us laugh to such an extent we were holding our stomachs laughing. Please now, we can't handle this anymore. So this continued for about a few minutes. And then suddenly in the midst of it, he just suddenly became serious. And he asked everybody who was present there, that tell me, in this time while we were laughing and joking, who was in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala? Who was mindful of Allah Ta'ala? So he says everybody was stunned. Everybody is quiet and silent. Just now we were holding our stomachs and laughing. In the midst of this, he posed this question. Everybody is now stunned to silence. That in this laughing, while we were so engrossed in that laughing, holding our stomachs and laughing, we can't even bathe. And he's asking us this question. So when everybody kept quiet, nobody answered. He then said to them, that Alhamdulillah, for this entire duration, while we were laughing and joking, because this too is permissible, not just permissible, Obviously, it is something to the extent of salt in the food. It's required to the extent of salt in the food. Without salt, that food is tasteless. So it needs some salt, but you need that amount of salt in that amount of food. A person puts one kilo salt in one small pot of food. Nobody can eat it. So with the intention and with the need that this too is sunnah. Nabi Islam also sometimes engaged in some light-heartedness. 
but well within the limits, not hurting anybody's feelings, not transgressing the laws of Shariat. So this too is Sunnat. But he says, Alhamdulillah, in this entire duration that we were laughing and joking, for one second also, I didn't become unmindful of Allah Ta'ala. That the heart was in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. The tongue was saying something humorous, was making everybody around laugh, but the heart was engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Now this is that heart which has been cleansed, that heart which has been purified, that heart which is attached to Allah Ta'ala. So likewise, وَرَجُلٌ قَلْبُهُ مُعَلَّقٌ بِالْمَسْجِدِ That person whose heart is attached to the masjid, he's out in the dunya, but his heart is in the masjid. And this incident we're talking about, this person saw or became aware that this person's heart is engrossed in Allah Ta'ala's remembrance. Then he came into the Haram Sharif and he sees one person clinging onto the ghilaf of the Kaaba Sharif. And he's engrossed in dua. He says, there cannot be anybody more closer to Allah Ta'ala than him. Allah Ta'ala then made it apparent what is this person's heart condition. His heart was totally immersed in dunya. He was asking what he was asking, but his heart was only filled with dunya. And was only in the aspiration of dunya. Nothing of akhirat. Nothing of progress in deen. So the issue is that the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is not an obstacle to the things of doing the day-to-day things that need to be done, attending to a person's work, attending to all his other necessities of life. The remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is not an obstacle to that. It enhances that. It's an aid to it. It helps him to make the right decisions even in his business. It helps him to make the right decisions in his domestic matters. So in any case, Nabi Islam says that these three things a person has in his life, he will acquire the halawat of iman, the sweetness of iman. So one meaning is istilzazu ta'at, that he will acquire the taste of ibadat, the enjoyment of ibadat. Now he'll perform salah, there'll be a different salah. He'll make tilawat of the Quran Sharif, and he won't get any more any enjoyment out of reading novels and out of reading other magazines and whatnot. His enjoyment will be in the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, in communicating with Allah Ta'ala. And the more he builds up this communication, then this becomes a constant thing. As one person puts it in a little couplet, Tum saah koi hamdam, koi dam saaz nahi hai, baate to hai har dam, magar awaz nahi hai. He is addressing Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, there is no companion like you. Allah, there is no companion like you. This communication is non-stop. Just that there is no sound. There is no, nothing that's audible. But this is a direct communication. We are in the wireless world. And in this wireless world, things are communicating from one end of the world to the other without any sound. Instantly. From here a person is pressing a button and he's in communication with somebody in the other end of the world. So this wireless world has made all this very clear. Sanurihim ayatina fil afaqi wa fi anfusihim hatta yatabayyana lahum annahul haq. Allah Ta'ala says we'll make everything apparent in the 
horizons in their own selves until they understand and realize everything Allah Ta'ala has said is haq, truth. So this is one thing, istilzazu ta'at. And then the other is, tahammulul mashaq fi mardatillah. That when this halawat of iman comes, what is a sign? That a person is ready to undertake any difficulty for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. One is difficulty in the sense, for example, it's Fajr time. And now to wake up for that person is a bit difficult. He says, come what may, all this difficulty is nothing. The sleep can be cast aside. But I must answer the call of Allah Ta'ala. And like that, all the other ibadats. And the other is, in refraining from haram, come what may, Allah Ta'ala's command. Whether it is that haram in the form of sins, of lust, or whatever else, or the temptation of haram wealth, the ayat of the Quran Sharif is just revealed, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu innamal khamru wal maysiru wal ansabu wal azlamu rijsum rijsum min amali shaitan fajtanibuhu la'allakum tuflihun That all these intoxicants and all these forms of gambling all this is rijs it's total filth so therefore totally refrain from it la'allakum tuflihun Now this ayat is revealed and before this ayat was revealed, one Sahabi had taken his whole life's earnings, his entire capital, and he had gone to Sham, to Syria. And he bought a huge consignment of liquor. Because it was halal still at that time. That now from Syria he's going to bring it back to Madina Munawara. And he will sell it at a good profit because it's now imported. Something important has a higher price, bigger demand for it. So this is important now. So any case, he is approaching Madina Munawara with this whole consignment, which is his life's earnings in there. His entire capital is in there. And as he is still approaching Madina Sharif, somebody comes and informs him that, do you know what ayat has been revealed? So what ayat has been revealed? So he says, this is the ayat that has been revealed. So he stops right there, leaves that entire consignment right there and he comes himself into Madinah Munawara. And he comes straight to Rasulullah This is what happened. I had sold up everything. And all that money that I had earned, that entire capital, my entire life's earnings, I took it and went to Sham, to Syria. And I bought this entire consignment of alcohol, of liquor. And now, just as I was on the outskirts of Madinah Munawara, somebody tells me that this is the ayat that has been revealed. So what is your command? He didn't ask, now already I put my money in it, can I just sell it and cash up? He didn't ask that. Can I just cash up now? I mean, I didn't know this ayat was going to come. I wouldn't have now done this. My whole life's earnings are in here. Every cent of my capital is in here. He didn't ask, should I cash up? He asked, what is your command? What am I to do now? Allah's Nabi says, the order of Allah Ta'ala has been revealed. All this is totally prohibited now. So he wakes up from there, and he goes to where this consignment was all just kept waiting, and he breaks everything and 
discards and destroys everything there and there. His whole life's earnings, his entire capital, and he's seeing it flowing away. And that is not affecting him. What he's happy about is that I'm fulfilling the law of Allah and his Rasul And he's very happy about it. This is that halawat of iman is in him. That this can be born with ease. But to break the command of Allah and his Rasul that cannot be tolerated. So this is that halawat of iman. Tahammulul mashaq fi mardatillah. That being able to and being happy to undertake any difficulty for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Sometimes there's a challenge from within. There is a tug of war inside. There is that strong pull in a certain direction. But at that time, a person remains firm, steadfast. That I'm not going to get involved in the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. So this is that halawat imani And the mashayikh state that this is a reality. That he will get this with the halawat of iman, but this is also a physical experience. Absari. <laughs> a little couplet that says that if you didn't see the moon of Eid, then accept the word of those who've seen it. So now few people saw it. They are reliable people. So the whole place will all make Eid. It's not that every person will now first go and investigate where's the moon, I must see it myself. So those who've tasted it are saying they tasted it physically. So we will accept, yes, this is a reality. But how we will get there someday, inshallah, by following what they did. By continuously trampling that nafs and the dictates of that nafs and the demands of that nafs. Otherwise, what is the case with us? That we have aspirations but no actions. Like a person has got an aspiration, he wants to fly. He wants to fly wherever, obviously in an aeroplane. So now he's got that aspiration. But he doesn't buy a ticket, doesn't go to the airport, doesn't board the plane, but that aspiration he's got. I want to fly. How far is he going to fly? He might not even fly in his dreams also. So we've got aspirations and no actions. We've got dua, but no talab. We are making dua, but that deep desire from within, that is something that has to be coupled with that dua. That talab which makes the thirst, when a person is thirsty, nobody has to encourage him to drink water. He goes looking for the water. So the dua, alhamdulillah, we make it, we must continue making. But together with that dua, there has to be the talab that is created also. That talab that now drives a person. So in any case, Nabi Islam says that these three things will bring the halawat of iman. What are these three things? The first thing is man kan Allahu wa rasuluhu ahabba ilayhi mimma siwahuma. That that person who Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam are more beloved to him than anyone and anything else. The most beloved to him is Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Now love love is something very sweet and very painful also. Love is something very sweet and very painful also. But just one aspect of the pain, that the pain of the beloved 
makes the lover also feel that pain. He can't sit still when the beloved is in difficulty. When the beloved is in pain, he is more restless. The mother becomes more restless than the child, that baby, when that baby is in pain. Why? She's seen many other children, she feels some sympathy, but not that restlessness. Because that's not her children. Her child is a different situation. Because her child, that intensity of that love, it's her child. There's a natural bond. And there's an intense love. That intense love now, when that child is in pain, the mother is in greater pain. If the child is suffering the pangs of hunger because he hasn't had anything to eat and there's nothing available, the mother is suffering even greater hunger. Her stomach is suffering the pangs even greater. Why? Whereas every now and again, see somebody else on the street, some children, whatever, hungry, begging for food. It evokes some sympathy, but not that feeling when her own child is in pain. So what is this? This is the effect of love. So likewise, when Allah and His Rasul are most beloved to somebody, so Nabi Wasallam's love has enveloped the heart, then Nabi Wasallam's pain will become our pain. For example, Abdullah bin Abbas in one hadith he narrates that after Hajjatul Wada, Rasulullah Wasallam held on to the door handle of the Kaaba Sharif. And then he addressed the Sahaba Ikram. And he said, Ya Ayyuhan Nas. So they all said, Labbaik. Ya Rasulullah, Yufdika Aba'una wa Ummahatuna. May our parents be sacrificed for you. We are ready, we are present. What is your command? Then Abdullah bin Abbas says, then Nabi Wasallam started crying. And then summa ala intihabuhu. And then his sobbing increased. Even the sound of his crying increased. Now can we imagine that what must have been going through him at that time? That a person who has that, that level of control over everything is now not just crying but he's sobbing. And then Nabi Islam says to the Sahaba that Uriduan Ukhbirakum that I wish to inform you about the signs of Qiyamat. I wish to inform you about the signs of Qiyamat. And then Nabi Islam starts speaking about the signs of Qiyamat. Now keeping this background in mind, Nabi Islam has just completed Hajjatul Wada. So he's now just completed such a great ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. And this is the peak now. And now he is standing at the Kaaba Sharif. And he's addressing the Sahaba. And after having started the address, he breaks down, crying. And then he's sobbing. And now keeping in mind what we're talking about, the pain of love. Now that mother and child, because it's her child, she'll feel the pain. Somebody else's child is a different thing. Now, keeping all this in mind, now to consider what is now being said. 
Allah's Nabi is addressing the Sahaba and saying to them, I wish to inform you of the signs of Qiyamah. And then he says that from among the signs of Qiyamah is Imatatus Salawat wa Ittiba'u Shahawat. Among the signs of Qiyamah is the discarding of Salah. Among the signs of Qiyamah is the discarding of Salah and the following of desires. Now this was the pain he felt. My ummat and my ummat is going to get involved in this. My ummat is going to discard their salah. My ummat will be so busy that they won't have time for salah. Or they'll be so engrossed in their deep sleep they can't wake up. Or they will be so caught up in their entertainment that salah will be put aside. That was the pain. Now the ummati of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi in whose heart that love of Nabi sallallahu has been embedded, he'll feel this pain. This is the pain of love. And this will move him also. That he, like that mother now, doesn't just sit, well she's feeling the pain, but she sits and does nothing. Hazrat Hajra radiallahu ta'ala anha, when her little baby Ismail sallallahu alaihi is now crying out of hunger and thirst, what does she do? She's feeling that pain, that's her child. What did this make her do? That sa'i that everybody does and will do till qiyamat is the remembrance of the same sacrifice. That this was the pain of love that made her run to Safa and from Safa to Marwa and from Marwa to Safa again. Maybe I'll just see somebody. She's in a barren place. No sign of anybody. She's been here alone. Maybe just a chance somebody might just be somewhere. And seven times she's running like this. Not under the shaded roof with blowers and fans blowing and with the marbled floor underneath. No, no, nothing of this sort. That rugged terrain of that time. Under the blazing sun. But this was the movement which was the out of the pain of love. So likewise, Rasulullah is expressing his pain. So now this ummad, where have they gone to? Nabi is saying, among the signs of qiyamad, imatatus salawat wa ittiba'u shahawat, and the following of desire, whatever comes in my heart I must do. Allah Ta'ala is pleased with it or not? Secondary. I want to do it, I must do it. So this is the lesson that is being given to us. And the person who has made the love of Allah and his Rasul Sallallahu uppermost in his heart. His heart is full. This directs him. This makes him do what he's supposed to do. Refrain from what he's supposed to refrain from. So this is the first thing that he has. The first aspect that will bring this halawat of iman. Man Allahu wa rasooluhu ahabba ilayhi mimma siwahuma. The second thing. Man ahabba abdan la yuhibbuhu illa lillah. That a person loves somebody only for Allah Ta'ala. He loves somebody not for any other motive. His love is pure and sincere. And what is the sign of this sincerity in that love? Allah yazida bil bir wala yanqusa bil jafa. That this sincere love, it is not increased by that person's good treatment. 
and it doesn't get affected by that person's indifference because it's not for him it is for Allah Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala is Allah Ta'ala so if it is for any other purpose then obviously that's different but if it is for Allah Ta'ala alone then his gaze is always towards Allah Ta'ala whatever happens in dunya his gaze is above And therefore he looks at majaril qada, that from where the decrees are taking place. On earth, this is only the manifestation of the decrees that have happened above. So his gaze is above, his gaze is not on dunya. And therefore he takes whatever in dunya in a different stride, and he carries on with it. His gaze is on majaril qada, the decrees where it's taking place from. So this is the second aspect and the third thing Nabi Islam says, that a person dislikes going into kufr after Allah Ta'ala has saved him from it. Like he dislikes being thrown into fire. Now one is kufr. But kufr here doesn't, is not confined to kufr alone. But all the things that are a branch of kufr, Every sin is not kufr, but it is all linked to kufr. It's a branch. A small branch, you don't call it a tree. The tree is something else. A twig is not a tree, but it comes from the tree. It branches off from the tree. So the tree of kufr, the sins are the branches. So the person, just as he will detest going into kufr, he will detest going into sin. One is being insan, he can fall, he can slip. He's insan, he's not an angel, he's not somebody that is ma'asum, he's insan. And Allah Ta'ala out of his grace has kept the doors of Tawbah open. But the Tawbah has to be genuinely Tawbah. The Tawbah wherein there's a genuine remorse, regret. And when a person makes Tawbah, then he will enhance that Tawbah. It won't just be something from the heart and from the tongue and that's it. Number one, he'll come from the heart with that remorse, with that regret. Then he'll make four rakats, eight rakats, ten rakats, salatu toba. He'll give some sadaqah. That amount which he feels a pinch. Now somebody for somebody he gives a thousand rands, his daily income is fifty thousand. That thousand rand doesn't forget pinch, doesn't tickle him also. So something that he feels a pinch of. And then he'll keep a few fasts also. This will all be the completion of that toba. Otherwise, sometimes it just becomes a lip service toba. So number one, he's insan, he can slip, he can fall. They're all insan. And kullukum khatta'un, Nabi Islam already very openly said it, every one of you is a sinner. We make mistakes, everybody falls some way or the other. Nobody is sinless. The sinless beings with the Anbiya Ali But he doesn't like what he's falling into. There's a detestation. Now keeping this in mind, this is on the one side, a person is supposed to be having that hatred for that sin. Now where does this fit in with a person boasting about his sin? When a person falls, it's supposed to be something that he didn't plan. It was something that just by chance he fell into. But now he fell into it, he would be totally ashamed. 
very embarrassed. Ashamed and embarrassed in front of Allah Ta'ala. Maybe insan nobody saw. But can we hide from Allah Ta'ala? So he's ashamed. My Rabb, my Creator, my Sustainer has seen me doing this. فَإِنَّ حَقِيقَةَ الْحَيَاءَ أَنَّ مَوْلَاكَ لَا يَرَاكَ حَيْثُ نَهَاكَ This is the reality of Haya. The reality of Haya is that your Mawla, your Rabb, Allah, does not see you in a condition that he has prohibited you from. This is the hakikat and the reality of haya. Allah Ta'ala must not find me in the... Allah Ta'ala can find us anywhere. He's seeing everywhere. So therefore, no way should I be doing something that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. This is the hakikat of haya. So, this that we are talking about, that he will make... He will be embarrassed. He will be ashamed. What happened? But Allah Ta'ala has kept that door of Tawbah open. So the first thing is that he will not deliberately fall into sin. But if something happens, he'll make sincere Tawbah. He'll come back to Allah wa Ta'ala. But that together with that, this is on the one side. What should be his condition? How does this ever fit into this whole equation that a person can sit and then boast about his sin? This is where I went. This is what I did. And this is how it worked out for me. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim. This is in one hadith, Nabi Islam says, that kullun nasi mu'afan illa al-mujahirun. Everybody will be forgiven. Illa al-mujahirun. The Sahaba asked, who are these mujahirun? Those who are bold and reckless. Nabi Islam says that those who they committed some wrong, Allah Ta'ala covered it. Allah Ta'ala concealed it. The person wakes up the next morning and he is displaying it and exposing it and announcing it and talking about it and feeling proud of it. Allah forbid sometimes a person does something, it was some, he maybe defrauded somebody, then he boasts about it. 